In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to us and gives us what we need in order to live a life that is pleasing to God and helps our neighbors. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, like I mentioned at the beginning of the service, we are actually wrapping up a series today. Um, We've been marching through the book of Ephesians and uh, looking at how that affects us as people who are called the church. Um, And so we've been getting really specific about the fact that when we say church, we're not talking about this. That when we're talking about church, that we're speaking about ourselves, actually. The building is nice. We thank the Florida Georgia District for it. However, we are the church. We're the people who have been called by Jesus Christ. If this place blows away in the hurricane that's coming this week, we still have church. Uh, We have one another. And that's what we've been looking at throughout this whole series, is what it means for us to be that church. Just like we understand that a building has walls and a roof and windows and such, what does it mean for us to be church and what do our walls and our roof and our windows look like? Well, today, Paul, and, and what part of that has been that I've been, I've also on top of this, I've, I've mixed up my preaching style a little bit, I've tried something a, a little bit different, um, this expository preaching thing where we go verse by verse, um, and uh, what you're normally used to in a Lutheran church is uh, this thing that's called a goal malady means sermon. Um, if you think about it, you maybe haven't realized it before, but a lot of times you go to a Lutheran church and you'll hear this, this sermon that starts off with, God wants you to do this as part one, sin gets in the way at part two, and then in part three, you get, but Jesus comes in and saves your sorry keister. Um, And so, um, that's normally, a lot of times, the, the Lutheran sermon structure that you get. We've been mixing that up a little bit, and now, as sort of a bonus, the Holy Spirit said, well, I'm actually going to point you to a place in uh, the, the book of Ephesians where Paul is using that goal malady mean structure just so you get a little comfy. Um, so, so let's jump in there. If you have a Bible, that's great. Um, if you have a celebrate, um, a, that little sheet that tends to fly out of your bulletin, um, that is fantastic as well. I will be using a a little bit different uh, translation, so just kind of watch out for that. Um, And so we we are going to start off in verse 10. We have a lot of ground to cover, so we're just going to bang through this thing. So, like I said, first thing, Paul says, this is the goal. So here's the goal. Finally, be strong in the Lord, in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So, that's the goal. Paul is saying... Here's what I want out of you. Here's what God wants out of you. He wants you to be able to stand firm against the devil. To be able to stand up to whatever is coming at you this semester. And whatever that might be. There's going to be some stuff that comes at you this semester. Whether you're going to school or not. In that time period from now until December, there is going to be some stuff that comes at you. And the devil is going to try to use that stuff in order to get you to not stand firm. But in order to be a little wobbly so that he can just come by and knock you over. And we don't want that. Paul doesn't want that for the Ephesians. Ephesians, really awesome, like, 
They are the Christians that are here every Sunday. They're, they're the Christians that uh, do all of the right stuff, it sort of seems like, from the outside. Uh, but Paul still says, look, even though you're doing a lot of this good stuff, you still have to watch out because things are going to get hectic really quick. And so that's the goal. Stand firm. In, in the midst of this entire semester, in the midst of this entire year, I want you to stand firm, is what Paul was saying. And so he goes and he says, the malady, this is why you are going to have trouble with that. So here we go, next uh, couple of verses there. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So you're not going to be wrestling against, you know, um, the people that you're going to school with, hopefully, unless you're on the wrestling team or something bizarre like that. Um, uh, You're not going to be, you know, going up to somebody and punching them in the face in order to maintain the fact that you can eat tomorrow. Um, Swanee might get crazy, but it's never going to get that crazy. And so you're, you're, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to need to, fight against flesh and blood, against other people, but there's something that you will have to fight against. But, against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil that is in the heavenly places. Now, what Paul is saying here, when he's talking about the rulers and the authorities, he is not talking about your professors. He is not talking about your boss at work. He is not talking about the person that you feel is an authority over you necessarily, because that person is flesh and blood. What he's talking about here is Satan. Now, um, even though it may seem a little bit old-fashioned, um, I, I believe in Satan. Um, and the Bible does too, believe it or not. That's why Paul is talking the way that he is. And uh, the interesting thing about Satan is that we like to keep Satan in hell. Don't we? If you kind of think to the picture that you have of Satan. The picture that you have of Satan, maybe it comes from one of those far side comics, or maybe it comes from someplace else, but usually if you have a picture of Satan, the place where he's located is this sort of fiery dungeon cave thing. And so you're, you're kind of thinking to yourself, well, Satan is in hell. I'm going to just mess with your mind for a moment. Where in Scripture do you find that? Anybody? Good answer, because it's not in Scripture. Actually, well, it is. At the very end, in Revelation, you have uh, Satan being cast into the abyss, which is probably what we come up with, with there. But that doesn't happen until Jesus comes back. And so what Paul is saying here is, Satan is not in hell. Satan doesn't rule hell. We have this idea that Satan is sort of the boss of hell. He's not. Hell is the place where God puts Satan at the end when he comes back to renew all of the earth. Where Satan's at right now is here. And where Satan is ruling right now is Florida State University and Florida A&M University and Tallahassee Community College and your work and your job and yes, even this church. Because he's been given the opportunity to do that by us 
these poor, miserable, sinful human beings that allow him in. And so, what Paul is saying here is, you are fighting against that. A very present evil force that you're allowing into your life through all of your sins. Which is not really good news. That's why we call it a malady. See how that works? Yeah. So let's keep moving. Um, uh, Paul is now getting us to the means. So this is how you get out of that whole cycle. And so Paul says, this is how you do it. It's going to be a long reading. I'll just tell you right up front where we're going to go through a lot of text here. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore... Having fastened the belt of having fastened on the belt, belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes on your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, and all, in all circumstances take up the shield of faith, which with one can extinguish all of the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all of the saints. So that's the means. That's what Paul is saying. Here's how you fight against that Satan guy. Put on all of this stuff. And we think to ourselves, great, I have stuff to put on. However, oftentimes what we kind of think is that we've got this stuff already. That it's just kind of lurking inside of us. And that, uh, you know, the belt of truth, well, I know what truth is, and well, I try to tell the truth most of the time, so that's just kind of inside me. I need to kind of pull the belt of truth out of my gullet, and then just put it on on the outside. And the breastplate of righteousness is something that exists in me. I'm a pretty righteous dude, so I can do that. And so you see, all of this stuff is being stuff where it's just kind of a reminder, a little checklist. Okay, do all of this stuff and you'll be good. But if you're a sinner who's actually aware of their sins, this is bad news for you. Because you're like, oh man, I don't always tell the truth. I am not always righteous. Being ready with the gospel of peace, that is not something that a whole lot of us can say, yeah, I've done that one today. So it's bad news if this stuff is all coming from inside of you. Because you're broken. Right now it's kind of interesting. There, there's something going on in our West, Western culture. Uh, we just got done with the Olympics. And right now in London, there is another group of people that are using those Olympic facilities. Anybody know what that is? Right, the Paralympics. Now the Paralympics people, they, they have all sorts of, of uh, what we would definitely call issues that they have to work through. A lot of them are amputees. A lot of them uh, cannot see. They don't have the, the same sort of sensory perception that we do. And so, but they're still competitors. They're still athletes. And they want to be able to do all of those things. But they realize that it's not within them necessarily 
to do all of those things by themselves. And so they have to have other things that come alongside, and that's the Greek word para, other things that come alongside of them and help them to be able to do that. Today, uh, now in the Olympics, we actually had um, sort of a, a big deal that happened with the runner from South Africa. Anybody remember seeing that runner from South Africa named Oscar? Uh, what the deal was, he is an amputee. And they had to strap, essentially, springs onto his feet so that he could run. And people were, were kind of questioning if that was really something that should be done in the Olympics or if he should simply just go to the Paralympics and, and sort of be stuck over there. But one of the, the commentators, I thought it was very interesting, one of the commentators who uh, was talking about the reason that people were saying that he couldn't run in the Olympics was that they were not saying anymore that he couldn't run in the Olympics because he was just going to be too slow and it wasn't going to be fair for him. Do you remember what the argument was for why he couldn't be in the Olympics? Yeah, they thought that he had a competitive advantage over what normal, quote-unquote, people had. What you have going on in what Paul is telling us here is that level of being gifted by God. That you know that by yourself, you are not going to make it. You're not going to be able to stop sinning. You're not going to be able to affix to yourself the breastplate of righteousness. You're not going to be able to win for yourself the helmet of salvation. You're not going to be able to wield for yourself the sword of the Spirit. And the shield of faith, even we say, is something that is given to you by the Holy Spirit in your baptism. When Paul is saying you get all of this armor stuff, when you get all of this stuff, is that it's not yours. That you need it coming from some other place. Now, some of you in here are freshmen, and this is your first time at college, and so there's probably two groups of you. Probably the first group of you, even though you're smiling and okay on the outside, deep down inside, you are scared to death of what it's going to mean for you to be here in this college environment. You don't know what that's going to be like. You don't know what classes tomorrow are going to bring to you. And you are crazy scared. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> The rest of you, you've got a different perspective. You have the perspective of, I've got this. I know how to do this. I can fly through this. I'm going to make all of the right decisions. I'm never going to do anything stupid. And, um, well, that's stupid by itself. Yeah. If you think that somehow you are going to be able to go through this next semester, if you are a student, a non-student, whoever you are, if you think that somehow you're going to get to December without making a mistake where you need some people to rely upon, where you need God to rely upon, you are an idiot. 
You need God to bring you this stuff. You need God to bring you these gifts of truth, of righteousness, as a readiness for the gospel of peace, as faith, of faith, of salvation, of the word of God. And then, once you have all of those things, then you can go about the business of running your race. And that's what Paul is doing here. And that's what Paul is asking for in his prayers. He's asking here in 19, And also for me, pray also for me, that the words may be given to me, opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I said that this whole series we've been talking about what it means to be church. And that end part there, what Paul is saying in verse 19, is our task as the church. To proclaim boldly who we are and what we need. It's not to go out into the world and to say, I've got this, I'm good, I'm so perfect, I go to church every Sunday. Don't you just hate those people? Well, not the people that go to church every Sunday. We love you. Just the people who brag about it. Don't like them. Not going out into the world and saying that. But going out into the world and saying, you know, I didn't have this stuff before. I was basically just an amputee trying to hobble through life. And then I came to God... And I came to his house, and I came to this community of people at University Lutheran, and somehow through that, I got all of this great stuff, and now I'm ready to race in an Olympic fashion. That is what we've been given to boldly proclaim. That we didn't have the forgiveness of sins. That we didn't have the Holy Spirit. But because Jesus Christ died on a cross, rose again, and gave us His Spirit, that because of that, God gives us these new gifts to go out in the world and to do what we're called to do, to race what we've been called to race. So when you go to class tomorrow, just... Remember, you don't have it all by yourself, but you do have it all.